and time to solve the world's problems. We're joined by Dave Armstrong, who tends to solve the world's problems from a Wellingtonian's perspective. And as usual, there's a few issues he's got on his mind. He joins us now. Hi, Dave. Kia ora, Jesse. Millions of problems to solve. <laughs> as always. Yep. First of all, uh, watching the votes come in yep. on Saturday night, what was Wellington doing as a whole? What did you notice? Oh, a few things going on. Um, winning green seats for the first time, which is incredible, really, or from a you know, national perspective. Um, so they won uh, Wellington Central and Rongatai. The other interesting thing was Nicola Willis failed to win an Ohario. I think um, part of that could have been a lot of public servants worried about their future. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. I wouldn't be I'm, surprised, eh? I, I spoke to someone who said, oh, I'm, I normally vote national, but not. I'm, am I stupid? I'm a contractor for the public service. You know, yeah. so, so, I mean, people say they're not self-interested, but uh, if you ask a few questions, sometimes they are. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a trend to national, but it wasn't as big as in Auckland. Uh, we didn't have the lockdowns like Auckland did, uh, and we didn't have the hatred of co-governance like provincial New Zealand did. So I think that Wellington, it wasn't, you know, it didn't go too too Labour, but it didn't um, swing away as much, although some people, you know, Hutt, Hutt went to um, Chris Bishop. Uh, it had been held by Ginny Anderson. So so basically it followed the national swing, but not as, as closely. Yeah. That's fairly strongly in the realm of your personal opinion, by the way, Dave, isn't it? The provincial New Zealand hated co-governance. I'm sure there's lots of people in provincial New Zealand saying, oi, he's not talking for me. Oh, I mean, compared to Wellington, okay. um, I, I suppose. Yeah, I, yeah. You, you, sometimes you have to <laughs> generalise slightly. <laughs> OK, well, what's going on in local government then? Well, so I think what's happening, you know, just to talk back to, to, to the election, is that, is that I think that... Um, there's going to be, you know, I wrote in a column there that I hold on to your seats, you know, because it's going to be interesting that quite a few, we have Labour mayors or Green mayors, there's quite a difference of opinion on what needs to be done between uh, the government at central level and at, at local body level. Yeah, there's that big keep Wellington moving Get Wellington moving. Let's yeah, get sorry. They, let's they get Wellington get moving. Yeah, yeah. So National was pledged to get rid of it. I mean, yeah. they're not without support for that. The, you know, there are a lot of people, even uh, cyclists and people like me, that think that it's been a pretty bad process. Yeah. However, um, you know, it's uh, the, are we committed? Are Wellingtonians committed to light rail, uh, uh, cycle lanes, pedestrians? Not so much reliance on private motor cars and not building millions, billions of dollars on pu- public-private uh, partnership highways. Well, well, uh, no. Most of us are, you know, uh, and I think that's why the the fact that you've now got two local MPs who are absolutely, you know, in favour of public transport and cycling and things like that, you are going to get conflict. Now, the the argument becomes, how do you deal with that? And the more pragmatic local body politicians know that at the end of the day, they're not going to win against the government. So they have to work out a way that they can get what they want and and not irritate the government. And Mm. and interestingly, Tori Farno, the Wellington mayor, came out today and said, we've nearly signed uh, the pedestrianisation of Lebanon and Key off, um, so we're going to get it done, you know, before the government's sworn in. Right. Um, and and I, I sort of admire that in a way, but in another way I go, well, is that, you know, I'm not sure that's that's a good way to get... If to, you know that the incoming yeah, government is uh, definitely against it. Minister yeah. gonna, you know, when he turns up in his ute. So it is, um, it is it's an interesting one. And there are those, I, I suppose, um, pragmatists, you could call them, you could call them, you know, selling out, who say, well, look, you've got to deal with the government of the day and you've got to do what they want and you've got to at least meet them halfway. And if you want you know, more public transport and they want more roads, you've got to say, well, you know, if we can get more public transport, it makes it easier for the, for the motorists and things like that. So, so it's certainly going to be an interesting time in terms of 
government and local body relations. Yeah, and how is the council getting on with each other? Well, <laughs> it's a tiny bit better than the Middle East's going, but um, not fantastic. <laughs> oh, gosh. So we've had, oh, look, we've had, firstly, there was claims there was an economic crisis, and then there was claims that there wasn't, and that was because the council hadn't brought out, hadn't told us, you know, uh, what the state of the books, if you like, but they are going to do that in early November. Um, so that there was then that, and then they found out that, oh, my Goodness, the town hall, they're in the midst of the town hall strengthening, and it's costing oh, way that more. One, yeah. And it's like something like 150 million more than expected in six months. And and I'm sort of going. Any good project manager would sit there and, you know, set, send alarm bells to everyone saying this is costing way more. The trouble is the council was sort of project managing it because no contractor would do it for a fixed cost. And you've got to say. Can you blame them? You know, it would it would just it would sink any company um, having all these. Uh, and I mean, partly it's geological. You get down there and you find there's more water. You find there's problems. And so the town hall is in a massively big problem. People like me that love classical music um, and love the idea of a big public facility are going well. What's the alternative? It's heritage protected, but it's a really difficult one. And so the councillors are saying, "Give us time." And their own staff are saying, "Even having time is going to cost you, you know, millions." So even take. So we've got to sort of once we've come this far, we can't go back. So it's. There's, I think there's a vote next week. It's going to be very interesting. Okay, and and you say there's a bit of dysfunction in the well, council. Well, no, I don't say that because my name's not Ray Chung, who's a, a councillor. Uh, the the headline this morning um, in the post did say a dysfunctional council, and that was a claim by Ray Chung. Others in the council say, no, it's not dysfunctional. It's just that people that don't get their own way say that it's dysfunctional. Uh-huh. It's obviously not right. very happy because the deputy mayor um, had a code of conduct against five councillors for leaking to the press. My problem with that is that they didn't leak anything that I felt was, um, uh, you know, I didn't think anything that was was said. It was about the Reading Centre. So there's a there's a very poor American multinational called um, Reading Cinemas who need to be bailed out by the council and uh, have the council pay for the, the land under which they sit so they can afford to do earthquake strengthening. So a lot of Wellingtonians are going, you know, is the council's job really to help uh, a big multinational chain to um, fix up its cinema? Or should we be actually paying, making them pay penal rates because they haven't done it and a massive big centre in the middle of Courtney Place is lying idle? So I think that's the argument people are having. However, the fact that details did get linked, I mean, in the meeting that was in committee, the councillors just called it a project or something like that, you know, in Wellington. They didn't give detail. And so um, the councillors that leaked the, that information, and it's not, you know, no one knows who, who leaked it or what, how it was leaked or even whether it was the councillors that leaked it. Um, but, but you know, that has caused real uh, opposition uh, and um, quite a lot of ill feeling yeah. so that there was meant to be a meeting next week where the staff don't turn up um, and the mayor's cancelled that. So, there's, you know, there's a bit of ill feeling on both sides. The, the irony of it is today um, it was announced that the... That the complaint about leaking has been leaked. <laughs> the text, the text of the plaint, <laughs> the complaint about leaking has been leaked. So, uh, I mean, it's um, there's also a lot of people, I suppose myself included, saying, "Hey guys, fix the pipes, and if you want to revitalise um, Lambton Key, uh, sorry, Courtney Place, then revitalise it, but don't do it by giving a whole lot of money to an overseas company that that run pretty standard movies and not very nice popcorn." <laughs>
do... <laughs> I used to live right next to the uh, popcorn vent in right. the cinema, <laughs> yeah. and my, <laughs> my apartment smelled of popcorn. Popcorn has uh, never got, been the same for you. I got used to it after a while, but uh, yeah. guests in the house would look at me a bit funny. Yeah. You yeah. got any good news with for us? Well, a, a nice little little aside and a nice thing that I was actually sort of involved with anyway, um, having been a playwright and involved with Downstage Theatre, uh, the Hannah Playhouse has been declared a historic, um, I think Section 1 or whatever it's called, it's been this declared a historic place and they just celebrated their 50th birthday and in case people think I just get on here and beat up the Wellington City Council all the time the Wellington City Council has, has taken a leading role in acquiring um, the theatre and working in partnership with the Hannah Playhouse Trust and they're using it as a sort of a developmental venue where you can go in there if you're a company and do theatre and dance and music, use the technology there it's a, it's a very modest rental so it's partly subsidised uh, by the council but, but you know not 32 million like the the reading center mm-hmm. and and it's it's really good and it means that that theater which is now considered a tonga will will be alive um, it's been closed a few years around covid and things like that and um, it's a it's an example of new brutalism, which is um, not not council politics, but it's a, a form of architecture that uses a lot of concrete. Yeah, people people used to say at the Hannah, it's a very nice building, but when's it going to be finished? And you'd have to say, no, that is finished. But um, <laughs> same architect as the Hamilton Police Station, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> or the, the Avalon North Building, Telecom yeah. Building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's 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 a great space. Actors love it, you know. And you, I mean, I went on on uh, uh, Monday night to the fiftieth celebration. And I could hear every word. It was it was really good. Oh, um, cool. So 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 that's I, I I like to think that's good news, and then it won't be seen as a council overhead. Uh, Dave, great to have you on. Thanks so much. Thanks very much, Jesse.